This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Right, welcome along. This is uh, episode six of The Shrimp Net, the podcast of The Shrimp's Trust, which I'm sure you already know. Uh, today, joining Joel and myself to discuss all the latest goings and comings and goings on on the field and off the field at the Mazuma, we have our friendly neighbourhood chief executive stroke. Uh, well, I think his wife thinks he's the janitor because he's there that much. Uh, it's our boardroom guru, Rod Taylor. Thanks for joining us, Rod. You're welcome, David. Uh, and uh, from the dressing room, uh, we've had the club captain, now we've got the team captain. It's new signing and now new team captain, Donald Love. Don, welcome along. No, cheers, cheers for having me. Yeah, it's all right. It's good for you to be here. Don't, don't forget, um, uh, you know, listen to this on the coach and put it on the speakers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we start where we, we, we'll start with the bad news. I want to talk about MK Don's. Uh, we lost 4-0 to them in uh, in a home game last season and created numerous chances, and I thought 4-0 flattered them. Uh, last Saturday, um, similar, similar, really, Joel, wasn't it? I thought 4-0 slightly flattered them. They took the chances. We didn't. That was the difference between the two sides. wasn't as simple as that, I know, but when we changed things second half, for that sort of 10-15 minutes, I thought we had a real good go, and if... Jensen Weir's shot and not hit the post and come out and hit the post and gone in. It might have been a different game, but it's all ifs and buts. Yeah, I thought it, it was one of those in the first half. It, it wasn't looking like too much to give, but you know, you know what the MK Dons are like. They'll they'll keep moving you around and look for a gap. And I thought uh, with Dean Lewington, uh, despite looking nothing like a footballer, uh, <laughs> he is fantastically intelligent with his movement and, he, and he's technically very good. And the way he was able to kind of step forward into areas and help create space further at the pitch probably contributed. And then obviously you've got the movement and finishing ability of somebody like Will Grigg in the box, which is really, really good for this level. And, you know, those kind of moves have combined and, you know, we, we found ourselves 2-0 down with, I don't think they created loads, but they were two decent chances. Obviously, we've had that Ryan Delaney header that looked like it was definitely going in. Uh, and then the keeper kind of popped out from nowhere from, well, from the angle I was sitting from. But uh, yeah, and then the second half changed it up. We kind of had to uh, going, I think it was four at the back with uh, Kieran Phillips coming on for his debut. I thought looked impressive. And like you say, you know, we, we, we looked really dangerous in that first kind of 10, 15 minutes. I think even before the, the Jensen Weir chance, there's one where uh, Phillips gets put through and his yeah, touch, well, I think I think it was pretty much his first touch of the yeah, of his entire Morgan career. So it's a, it was just a little. It just took him a little bit too near the keeper, and and, it, and the keepers come out and be able to close the angle uh, quite quickly. And obviously, where's at the post? We're picking holes in them. We're kind of dragging them about. We've got runs in through midfield, but uh, you got to take the chances. And, and and when you don't, you know, and when you're going forward like that, you've got to chase the game at two 0 down, and then they might catch you on the break. And I think. Dengue Don's made a substitution at half time. The lad they brought on at half time, I thought he was very effective on the break. And then he what they were doing, and he caused us trouble. And 
we've we've conceded an extra two goals. But I think you know that that's the risk you're going to have to take. You know, when you're two 0 down, you've got to go for it a bit. Uh, it came close to paying off, didn't quite pay off, and we get hit in the break. But that's how it goes sometimes. But yeah, you got, we had to give it a go in the second half. We did, didn't quite work out. But yeah, we move on to the next one. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, it's a fair point you make that uh, it probably was Phillips's first touch right, when he came on. Uh, but I, <laughs> again, it, it goes down as our what I'm now calling our traditional one-on-one that we seem to miss every game, don't we? Uh, and the difference was obviously the, the lad who came on for them finished finished nicely to put them three 0 up, and then did this, and you know they did the same again to get, put them four 0 up. But a frustrating game to play in, Donald, because. Um, from a, a Morecambe perspective, um, we were pretty, pretty impressive going forward and created, I think we ended up with 15 shots, they ended up with 17 shots. So it just shows you that we had enough attacking intent, but it just wasn't our day, was it? No, I think it was tough, especially we thought we'd, you know, coming off, off the back of the win at Rotherham, we thought, right, we'll go in here and, well, I think we put a lot into that Rotherham game. And then obviously MK Don's, They've got a squad where they they come in and make six changes from the midweek game, and I think first half you could just see they looked a bit sharper than us. We were a bit not sluggish, but off the pace, and we can't we can't do that at home. And um, to go in two 0 down was we've obviously shot ourselves in the foot because then we, second half we've got to come out, which we did give it a good go. But obviously you leave yourself more open, like Joel said in the second half and. If we put them chances away, it's a different game, but we didn't do it. And in the end, it's cost us and we've lost the game 4-0. But if you're actually at the game, it could have been a very different game looking at the start of the second half because they actually didn't create much in the first half. It was obviously two goals where it was like, obviously, Will Griggs just got across his man and then tapped him in. And then the second one, I think for the second one, I could have done a lot better anyway, personally, to stop the cross. But... That's going to happen, and then obviously, if we play like Will Griggy, he's going to punish us if we make a little mistake. But then, obviously, the second half's just frustrating because it could have been a completely different game. So, what did Derek say at half time in the dressing room? Because most of us, we were stood on the terraces, and most of us stood behind the goal in the Bartercab, the home end. We're saying the one thing Derek will do is he will react and he will make changes. And, and I, I said straight away, they're probably going to be fairly drastic. We'll probably lose the back five, go to a back four, which Joel's already said we did. And it paid off because we, had, we all of a sudden, we went toe-to-toe with them, four against their four in midfield. And all of a sudden, we were exploiting their spaces rather than vice versa. So was that Derek's plan or was it just... Got, I know what Derek's like in the fact that when he's attacked, when, it, when he, he goes on the front foot, he gives you free freedom to express yourself, doesn't he? And say, get forward, get crosses in. Or is he more specific than that? Um, he always tells us to play with that freedom going forward. And we know we can what we can do with the ball. And I think we just, we, we've been solid all year. I think it just, obviously he brought Kieran on at half time, which um, I can't remember who he took off, but he bought uh, Jacob. Uh, was it James Jacob, yeah. yeah. Jacob. We went to the four and... That allowed us to stop their three because I don't I don't think Lewiton came out with it once in the second half. If you look at no, no, he probably like didn't. He, was playing, he was sent about what he was like. He was playing left mid first half, but obviously the gaffer's seen that and he's changed it and the changes have worked. And obviously, if they've worked straight away because we could have been if we Jensen scores out and then Kieran scores, it's two two and it's a different game. And 
obviously it's just the way the game's gone where we've pushed forward a bit and left ourselves a bit open but that comes from us where if we're pushing forward we need to on the pitch we need to lock it off so they're not counter-attacking on us and nicking two goals we've got to see that on the pitch and stop them counter-attacking I think I think there was a, you know there was a little bit of well, whether you call it poor fortune or poor play I don't know but obviously uh, Usman got got caught sort of tripped over the ball and got yeah. caught in possession and all of a sudden their sub Dennis is on and he's away and it's like and these are these are you know these things happening again you see that happening in the in, in the top leagues all over Europe somebody just tre- treads on the ball and all of a sudden you know instead of being on the front foot and that's what happened with Usman wasn't it we were pressing and we were pushing people forward and Usman was yeah. like the back man with the ball and all he had to do was spread it lost it and all of a sudden we're we're chasing shadows and before you know and after that, you could see everybody literally thinking, I don't believe it. We've just had 15 minutes where we've absolutely battered him. We've had three decent chances in a couple of corners. And the first chance they've got, they've stuck it away. And that's why I said the difference between the two sides on the day was taking the chances. And really, that's been the it's been the kind of the story of the season, Rod, that hasn't it? it certainly has, David. And the strange thing about that game was, you know, defensively, I think we've looked really solid this season. And and it was it was just the opposite on on Saturday, wasn't it? Whereas we seemed to, we created chances, didn't didn't quite come off, but defensively we weren't. I, I think we're a little bit more fragile than than we have been. But I, I really do believe we've got a basis to build on here. Um, uh, I, I think we need to be positive. We need to get to grips with this, and um, you, you, you know. Get get the fans behind you. I keep saying this, Donna. Get the fans behind us. Get behind the boys. Make some noise. And and I'm I'm still very optimistic about the season ahead. And so, looking at that, like I said, we we ended up we're still in League One. We got beat four 0 at home by MK Dons last season. Uh, it's the same scoreline with a very very similar game. It is only three points. It is only early in the season. And so we moved on. And I mean, jokingly, there was loads of people on Facebook saying, oh, we're playing, uh, deliberately reversing it and playing it. It was uh, Everton's under 12s, <laughs> which was uh, quite amusing because I was like, when, when they ran out on the pitch, I thought, well, they actually, they do look like under 12s, some of them, although they were tall. But um, they were a good test, Joel, a very good test. They were, they had pace all over the pitch. They had good first touch and the movement was good. Yeah, I think, I, I think that the, the commentator on iPhone, I think he mentioned that they're, they're unbeaten and they're uh, under 23s or whatever league it is this season. So, yeah, under 12s. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so they've got some, you know, they've got some good players. You can see that. I think one of them's been tapped, a couple of them probably been tapped for loan spells and stuff. And yeah, like you say, they're, they're kind of what you expect from academy players. They're, they're technically very, very good. They can all, a lot of them, most of them can carry the ball really well. They're quick. That you know they're doing interesting things with their movement and tackling, trying to pull you apart. At the same time, I think what we were able to do, and I think what you see other football league sides are able to do in, the, in, the, in this competition, is maybe kind of jump on a bit of the naivety first one. We've pinched it from then in the back, and I think next two, Caleb, they've managed to let Caleb Watts, who's our shortest player, uh, get a header in the box, and then uh, big fan Rawson. You know him versus a under twenty ones uh, keeper. I think there's only going to be one winner there, isn't there? Uh, so uh, yeah, I think we, we kind of saw the best of both worlds. And on the flip side, they're technically very good. They you know beat us, beat a man on a couple of occasions for the goals. But yeah, 
I think overall, it was nice to see some good performances from people. I think, you know, Caleb Watts is somebody that has been mentioned quite a lot and, and deservedly so. You know, he really grew into the game. I thought, well, I think he started impressively, but as it went on, he, you could see he was kind of finding his feet a bit more because he's not had loads and loads of game time. So having those, that whole 90 minutes in the tank would be really, would have been really valuable, I'm sure, because by the end, I'd say the last 15, 20 minutes, he was just beating his man every time he got the ball. It was a, uh, it's really fantastic to watch and show that's a good intention. And uh, same for Kieran Phillips as well, obviously, you know, coming in first full 90 for us. I think he showed a really good kind of predatory striker's nose and some of the positions he was taking up and the kind of the runs in behind and dragging defenders around. So, yeah, I think there were lots of positives there to come from that game. And it was an exciting game to watch uh, as well from that point of view. I mean, obviously, three apiece. Uh, there's plenty of goal action. I thought on the, on the, on the, Benefit of the first half was definitely in our favour, Donald. I thought we were, we we, we could have maybe had a, a, you know, three or four in that first half. Yeah, I thought we looked very good first half. With obviously Caleb coming in off the the left, he's a very he's a clever player, and Kieran's obviously you mentioned his movement. He stretches the play a lot and um, leaves the space for the creative players behind him to get on the ball and get turned and get at defences. And um, I think we played a, a lot of good football on the on the night and um, definitely right. We could have been three, four, one up and going in at half-time, but two, one. And um, I just think it was a good game in general because they're always a bit different than games when you play the 21s because they always try and play a lot of um, quite expansive football. And obviously that's where Jensen's goal came from because sometimes in our league, they might not risk that ball, they'll hit the channel or something, but them centre-backs, in they're still learning the game and that's what they'll try and do and they're getting told to do. And um, Jensen obviously pounced on it and got got a good goal. And uh, look, looking at the, the attendance the other night, Rod, um, I, uh, somebody's quite rightly pointed it out and I checked it and it's right. And the fact that we had a, we had a night game in League Two when we got less than that against Colchester in League Two. So that was... A, you know, nearly a thousand for uh, um, what most people, you know, as I've already said, Everton under 12s. It's not the most attractive of fixtures. And yet we had uh, over 900 people paying on the night. A beautiful summer's evening as well. And a great game. Yeah, I think it was a tremendous game. And um, going back to what Donald was saying then, you know, games like that, individual performances, it breeds confidence as well. It isn't just about that. It isn't just about that game. It's about, you know, lads getting minutes under the belt and, and performances and, and, and that confidence grows and hopefully, um, you know, goes into the next game. From an from a, a, a attendance point of view, I, th- I think it was excellent. You know, it, it's, it's, it hasn't captured the imagination of the, uh, the football fan, has it? In, in whatever guise this competition's been in. It's not, it's not really until you get to the maybe quarter semi-finals. Um, it doesn't seem to turn people on so... Uh, yeah, I think it was a decent game. It was a, it, it was all you'd want, really, and uh, and again, a, a great penalty shootout for us. And uh, that, um, you, you've done my segue for me there because I was just going to come to that because uh, I, I I didn't do it. I haven't had time to do any research, but I wanted to see who were the best the best penalty takers in uh, in uh, European club history and World Cup history, and I didn't get time to do it. But um, looking at us, Joel, we look. <laughs> 
Although bizarrely, the only person to miss, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he got some stick for it, was Dylan Connolly, who takes our penalties. With uh, apparently that penalty still in orbit, it's joined Chris Model from Italia ninety going round in geostationary orbit. But uh, some very cool penalties, including young young Mayer who came on as sub, and uh, and uh, had absolutely no quite. Yeah, I'll take one. Bang. Get in. Thank you very much. Excellent penalty. Like, yeah. he, he, should have been, uh, he should have been shoving his way in ahead of Dylan, really, shouldn't he? But uh, yeah. I think well, Dylan, Dylan's joined uh, somewhere uh, roughly where Morgan Fox's was for uh, the Stokes. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, yeah, I think Dylan just looked really, really tired when he went to take it. And sometimes your legs get a bit heavy and it happens, doesn't it? But uh, aside from, well, we know he's a really good penalty taker, but you miss him sometimes, don't you? But uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm amazed at how. How coolly everybody's taking it. Everybody's taking it like a penalty taker uh, instead of just thinking, oh crap, I better walk this as hard as I can in the corner and just hope for the best. Like everybody's taking it with a little bit of eyes, you know, a little bit of a dummy, a little bit of a sell on the keeper. So yeah, it's good to see. And obviously, Donald, that's uh, another one in a, you have one in Stoke, didn't you? And uh, yeah. one last night, the other night, sorry. So yeah, really good to see. Yeah, from your, from your, from a point of view, did, does it, did he ask for volunteers or did you all stick your hands up or just think, because obviously when it went to sudden death, it's like, well, you're all going to bloody be taking one at the rate we're going. Yeah, but we, no, we knew who the first five were, but then after that it was, because um, we wasn't sure, we weren't sure even on the pitch whether it was just, you know, the way the competition worked, whether it was just five penalties. Yeah. We weren't sure about that, but then obviously the lads went up after that and then um, they all put them away and um, obviously Dylan got a bit of stick, like you said, but because he's usually he's our main man to take him, but um, he took it well to be fair, and um, he's looking. He's um, he was just happy we got the win on on the night. And I, I think we all were. And I, like I say, some of the Everton lads, given their age, they took some fantastic penalties as well. But the usual format for Morecambe in this competition, apart from, I think it's probably one season when we got to the northern northern semi final final. <laughs> Grimsby. Grimsby. Oh my god, that broke my heart. I was about, <laughs> I was about nine, ten years old. Yeah, that's right. You know, and it was. We went to Grimsby, and it was one of the most intimidating atmospheres I've ever seen in my life. Given it, given it was at the time, it was the JPT Trophy or whatever it was, and it was like a sellout at Grimsby, and they were they were rabid that night, Rod, weren't they? Absolutely, it was. Uh, the, it is a very intimidating place to go, but there is no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, we've had some. Uh, We've had some strange experiences. Fish and chips are good, David. Always, yeah, always good. But, yeah, uh, but beyond that, yeah, it's not it's not the easiest place to go. But great to start with a win. Have, have we tell te, keep us up to date, Rod? It used to be, but I'm sure it changed. It used to be ten grand for a, a win and the extra point for winning on penalties. Or do you? you know, how does it work when you're playing an under twenty ones? It's just the same. It's um, it's a bonus point. You know, you get one point for the penalty win, and yeah. you get five grand, not instead of ten. So yeah, that's. I knew it had gone down. A couple of people were quoting that ten grand, and I thought I'm sure it changed to about seven last season, and it's gone down again this season. Right? No, I think it was five last year. I think was it? it was. Oh, there you go. So yeah. well, thanks for clearing that up. Um, but always nice. And like I say, we've got the H's, haven't we? We've got. Uh, We've got Artley Pearl and Harrogate to come, so uh, that that could be fun meeting with David, our David. David, I, I didn't need an H in any of that. Then it was Arrogate. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm Northern. I'm Arrogate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say, look looking at you look like you're sitting in the middle of Sandwich Car Park at the moment, Paul. Well, 
Yeah, well, that, that's uh, yeah for Donald. That's that's our old ground, which is now oh. that, that end is actually Sainsbury's. It's not the car park, but that is the home end. I thought you were going to the farm then. It looks yeah, like you are. It looked, yeah, yeah. That looks like a farm. So it does actually. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> it felt like. <laughs> They knocked that down in 1985, oh, just yeah. for, you know, for that. Uh, and uh, it, it took about two blokes, two blocks of the sledgehammer 20 minutes, didn't it, Rob? Can't possibly come on, David. <laughs> you basically tapped it and the rust fell and everything dropped to bits. But there you go, these things happen. So um, moving on, uh, I want to chat a bit about the window now, because obviously it, it closes tonight at 11 o'clock. Is that right? We've got three hours left, Rod. So there's still time we could go in for Obama Yang. I got my phones going. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to build this up like they do on Sky Sports with, you know, somebody stood at Manchester Airport or somebody stood outside Main Road and it's me stood outside in Sainsbury's car park going, no, we're not signing anymore. <laughs> but, well, it's not as simple as that. As the gaffer said, I think I don't, yesterday or this morning, it could be one in, one out, and it very possibly could be one in, one out. Can't say any more than that at the moment, but it's oh, going to be watched. Watch this well, space. Well, all I'm going to say is that was one of my one of my favourite. Our old assistant manager, Kenny, used to do that a lot. He used to point at players on the pitch and go like that. And I always said, that, that means one in, one out, doesn't it, that? So there you go. I'll use that one. So there could be some movement. That's very yes. interesting. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, obviously, there'll definitely, we'll there'll definitely be out. movement, David, definitely. So by the time you listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, and children, and players on the coach, you might have a new member of staff. So there you go. Absolutely. I'll say no more. Um, just a quick congratulations to uh, one of our facilitators for this uh, this here podcast is uh, Ryan Daly, uh, who has announced that uh, he's uh, achieved himself a, a really good position at Manchester City as one of the media team there which obviously is a fantastic thing for him because he's from Manchester. So congratulations to him. Uh, and I just want to publicly thank him for all he's done to help us set up this podcast because we've set this up uh, probably about 15 months ago, just coincidentally, just as Ryan was coming for interview at the club. So, uh, and he's been invaluable in getting uh, press ganging people like Donald to come on when they don't want to come on. Although apparently Don was quite keen for some bizarre and strange reason, but there you go. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Ryan, and good luck with that. And uh, I hope he's, uh, if, he, if, he's, if his replacement uh, happens to be listening, thinking I'll apply for that job, then uh, uh, carry on the good work. Yeah, Keep players coming our way. David, yeah, it will be a tough job as well because, um, you know, he could be touring all over Europe. The lad's earned it, and, you know, every respect for him. Um, but if he ever has to go into a swimming pool and, and show his... Uh, Man United tattoo that he's got. Could be, <laughs> it could be an interesting session. Yeah, true. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if they ever do that, it'll be like, I oh, know I can't swim. I guarantee it. Well, guarantee it, it, right it, it'll be sink or swim, won't it? Because somebody <laughs> might drown him. Yeah, funny. It's a good point. Well made. Right. Well, anyway, so we'll come to our guest, um, Donald. Uh, um, uh, the probably the most Ill illustrious. Juniors, you can sign for is Man United, isn't it? So that must have that must have been a fantastic, you know, when, when they signed you as a how old were you went there? Uh, about six. Do you when you do the development centre and then about six seven. Dear Lord, that is <laughs> <laughs> long time ago. I know, and and you ended up there 
well, obviously, eight, nine years, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so, I think, I mean, yeah but, so I was 20, 21, 21, I left. Bloody hell. That's yeah. even longer than I thought. I know. Long Dear time. Me. I'm surprised you're not part of the furniture. Dear <laughs> that's that's amazing. But obviously, from that point of view, you had some loan spells and then and then you went to Sunderland. Um and and from that point of view, you you've 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 played in you've played in you know all these competitions and uh, all different divisions. And then strangely, you ended up at no, no, well, not strangely, but you ended up at Salford, and obviously Salford, decent club, big connections to Man United, so it's hardly a surprise. But how did you end up then signing for Morecambe this summer? Was it just purely Greg Strong, or was it you thinking, yeah, I'll have a go at this because it's a league higher, or was it a combination of both, or what? Uh, well, obviously, I was out of contract. They, I got offered a contract off Salford, and then um, obviously. You, you don't sign stuff straight away. That's just the way football is now. And then obviously spoke to spoke to Greg. And um I was I didn't really have a position at Salford. I was always centre mid, right mid. I moved around a lot and um I've always predominantly been a right back. And um the chance to come and play right back in League One Morecambe came up and straight away I was like hundred percent I want to come and come and play for Morecambe and play right back. Or well, right wing back wherever they're my two. I'm just gonna say, yeah, yeah, they're my two. Where they're similar anyway, so it's not like it's. I just I was just moving around a lot last year, and it was like I, I did enjoy it, but I just wanted to get a base now where I could go and express myself and show people what type of player I'm, player I am, and what I can do. And um, hopefully I can come here, and hopefully I've done well so far, and hopefully I can carry that on. Right, well, I, I'm I'm going to scupper you now because tell me where you came on on, on Tuesday night. No, that was left left back ball. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek obviously thought, well, you know, it, uh, Derek has he, he has a want to do this. Uh, Ryan, right, we had Greg Lee playing right back last year. He was a left back. And Ryan Cooney playing left back. He was a right back. Yeah. And now he's got you as a right back playing left back. I'm going to see Gibbo at centre forward to get a brisk <laughs> run. Is the way we go. It's one of them minute where you can. If the manager asks you to go and do a job, you'll go and do it, and um, you'll do it to the best you can. And um, that's what. Uh, hopefully, I can go back to right back. But nah. <laughs> if he asked me to do a job, if he asked me to do it anyway, I'll go and do it for him. So it's just. I think I think he put you on there knowing it was going to be penalties. I think that's. What <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so obviously, um, it's always difficult with a um, being a footballer. It's it's transient, isn't it? You you have so many different teammates for like twelve months or two years, and sometimes they change all in the summer, and you end up with a new squad. Sometimes you move, but also the one thing that I found out we've had people on before is that you always know people from who, who were there already. So when you came in here, who did you know, and did you think, oh god, they're a nightmare, or you know? <laughs> this is the first place I've come where I've not. I didn't know anyone. Did you not? No, I didn't know any. And then until Conor Ripley signed, obviously from his loan at Salford last year. But then I've played against. I, I knew I've played against Dylan before. Um, and that was that was it really. I hadn't really played against anyone. I didn't really know. Ah, so so because getting. because you didn't hate anybody or anything like that, you thought I can sign for Morgan. It was a complete fresh start for me. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, and then, we, and then we signed Connor, and you thought, "Oh God, no! I want to go back to Salford." <laughs> I was buzzing when we signed Connor because obviously I knew what he's like, and he's quite a big character, and he's so he's a funny lad, and um, 
He's a no. goalkeeper. What do you expect? He's part of the goalkeepers' union, isn't he, Joel? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, very much so. Very much so. He's a complete nut, Joel. Yeah, it's a bit mad, isn't he? Yeah, he is. But we love him because obviously, yeah. you know, he's like you say. I think I think you put it better than we could actually. A big character. Yeah. Both senses of the word. Very no, much. great lad to have in the changing room. But the other side of it, what's what's obviously we've signed. Obviously, we've what, how many have we signed, Joel? Altogether, probably oh. about. 10 or 11, isn't it? Yeah, around about the 10 mark. About 10 it? or 11. I mean, how long does it take you to gel? Do you, do you, I know you're on a coach and you're, you, you know, you, you, who do you room with when you're away? Um, I, I get my own room. I, um, a lot of the lads share, but I get my own room. Yeah, I like my own room when I go away. All right, okay. But we sit, we all sit, we all sit and have dinner together and, um, well, watch the game on the Friday night and all chill out together and, you know, as a team. And some people go to room, but it's just, preferences and what people yeah so what's the mood like in the camp because obviously from our from our point of view we see you know we see us week in week out we come to the games uh and we we watch the team and and we can see slowly but surely that you are gelling on the field but what's it like off the field no we've got got a really good change room we've just had a like everyone gets on with each other and um we're always having a laugh in that like what what in the change room and stuff and there's never really a quiet day where we're coming in and it's like no one's really speaking it's always lively in the change room and everyone's spirits are high but everyone knows we've had a, a t- the games we've had at the start of the season have been tough and we've I've, everyone's no one's worried about us not winning a game because no one's really looked at that because it's still early you look at the games we've had and we should have won at least two of them I think Fleetwood and Shrewsbury we should have yeah. Could have easily got something from Bolton away. We could have got a draw. Yeah, and then there's only the two games: MK Dons and Peterborough away, are the ones where we were a bit like Peterborough was our first away game, and we let a few sloppy goals in. MK Dons a few sloppy goals, but every other game's been a, a, a good game where we could have got. Some, we went to Oxford and got something away where we should have. Yeah. Oxford scored a corner from a sloppy bouncing around, which you don't really see Oxford scoring them goals. You usually see them. Yeah. I don't think they've caught us open all game. And that's just what happens in football. But if you look at the start we've had, it's been a tough start. And I think once we start playing teams, more teams who are more in and around, who should be more in and around us, that's that's the ones where we've got to go and like Fleetwood, we could have been three nil up at three, four nil up at half time. True, yeah. And then went one nil up and finishes one one, but it's the way it goes. And um you look at that game and I don't think we should be. No one should be losing confidence just because we got beat four 0 off. We've, we've gone and beat Stoke and Rotherham. Yeah, true. Which uh, I think we've had a lot of games this month, and we're, I think now we'll be refreshed going into the game Saturday. And um, cause a few of the lads got rested, and that on obviously less minutes on Tuesday, which means we can go again on Saturday where we can um, go full throttle at them. So looking at the my final question before I hand you on to Joel. So looking coming back to the Everton game, uh, obviously it was there were a lot of changes, but a lot of people got uh, valuable minutes. Like we've already been said, Caleb Watts, uh, Ryan Cooney, Kieran Phillips. Uh, but um, and that that's got to be good for the squad that everybody's actually we've only got a small squad anyway, so everybody's keeping involved and everybody's keeping you know it only takes it only takes a daft a daft slip and a daft injury and all of a sudden as we found out with uh, Max Melbourne you know it's it's you know Ash Hunter they're out they're out for eight weeks and 12 weeks between them and all of a sudden 
that person who's been sat on the bench for three games, he's like, uh-oh, my, my chance. And you've got to take it, haven't you? Yeah, it's, it's a long season. Everyone's going to be needed at different parts of the season. And people, obviously people you, in the team, people change for, like form goes up and down during the season. So like, obviously it was great for Caleb to have a good game because obviously you see him in training every day, but it's just, obviously he's he's not really been on loan before. He's been, he didn't really, he got injured when he was at Croyd last year. So he's still getting used to how league football works compared to the difference between reserve football. And I think he'll be a good player once he gets, he's obviously got, once he gets used to it. And um, obviously you can see how good he was the other night. And um, we've got, few young players who once they come get used to it and how we play it's going to be a good long season I think and well you, you, the thing is I, I agree with you particularly on uh you know Jensen he, he is very young but he's a, he's a good unit and he's got good he's already shown that he's he's quite comfortable at this level and so answer me this uh Caleb Watts is he a nightmare at training to try and stop yeah he's, he's small and stocky isn't he? and obviously training you don't you tackle, but you don't tackle the way you do in a game. And sometimes he's just you got he goes past you and you're just like, oh, like for God's sake, like. But nah, he's obviously it's good that it's good to see him doing well the other night. And um, could um, it's good if he involves Saturday now. He could come on and his confidence will be high. And um, like I said, everyone's going to be needed at different parts of the season. And hopefully we can go and be more positive. Yeah, I hope so too. Joel, Don's all yours. Yeah, just coming back to the, uh, the the Man United Academy days, because obviously a lot of things get said about those academies, but what from your point of view, what were kind of like the advantages that you might have gotten for that and maybe some of the disadvantages from that experience? Um, I don't think there's many disadvantages to being at Man United. It was, I think, obviously I just took it. You don't, you don't really think about it when you're younger. You're just playing your football and then... It doesn't really get it gets more serious when you get your your scholarship at 16. Then and then when you get to the reserves, it gets more serious. And um I think it was just the um the positives of the values of that club when we were growing up. Obviously, Alex Ferguson was there and I remember Brian McClare was academy manager, and it was like you couldn't you could only wear black boots. It was like nothing it didn't like any of the fanciness, and it was just the values of the club was like just you you used to see other clubs copying what Man United did with the black boots and you wouldn't even like socks over knees, you no under armours. It was just go out there, play your football, don't think about anything else and work hard and see what you can do. And I think it just sets you in good stead growing up. It's quite interesting to hear that because obviously like I think something that springs to mind is might be an advantage from uh a big Premier League academy is stuff like the technical and the tactical work you probably do. But it's interesting to hear you kind of speak about the kind of the values and, and the kind of the work ethic that you get from it. Yeah, I think that just that I think you see a lot of lads come for United who are now still playing the game. And I think that comes from when you were younger, just setting your ways. And um, it's just good to see that I think it sets you in good stead for growing up and you don't get. You're at Man United. It was never they'd never let anyone get ahead of themselves. And even if you were doing well, it'd be like you, you still need to be working hard, working on your weaknesses, working on your strengths, focusing on your football. And they'd just there'd be no they'd leave it so there was no excuses off the pitch. You could just focus on everything on the pitch, which was good. So kind of coming through on the pitch a little bit. Obviously, you you, you break through quite early into the team. So with your 
first Premier League game. I think you were 17, weren't you? Is that right? Uh, no, I was uh, 20, I think. Only 20? Oh, bloody yeah. my math. Well, yeah. My math is terrible then. <laughs> but, uh, but, oh, God. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, but you're still coming in at quite a young age, making your uh, your debut in quite big circumstances, you know, coming on in the first half, I think it was, uh, against Sunderland. What what was that like, kind of coming on in, you know, such a big occasion? Um, I think it helped coming up because I think uh, it was Darmian who went down injured and it was the first time I was on the bench. So I was like, um, I think it helped coming on so early because I was just like, I was just sat there watching the game and it was like, you know, in the second half, you more expect to come on, but because it happened so quickly, it was just like, right, get on. And, and we just scored before we'd, um, we scored before I even touched the ball. So it was like, I could just relax and play my game then. And um, now it was good. Good. Yeah. So talking of relaxing and playing your game, obviously, because it was the, the game was against Sunderland. Yeah. And lo and behold, a few months later, you must have made a bit of a good impression because they, they've gone and signed you. So, yeah, what, what, what was that like? Kind of did, did they say like we were impressed for, with, with how you played in that game or how, how did that come yeah, about? No, it was more because uh, Sam Allardyce was in charge when I played that game. But then David Moyes just gone in, who was obviously I knew a little bit of from when he was at United, we'd go up and train with them sometimes. So obviously he knew a little bit about me and stuff. And then obviously that just came about because um, it was just, a, just came about through, like obviously the way transfers work now, obviously managers know players and watch clips and stuff. And obviously the Man United connection with Sunderland was quite big at the time with a lot of players going there. And um, it just came about how normal transfers come about, yeah. So when you went there, because obviously it was alongside Paddy McNair, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, for, for a bit of a fee as well. So when you come in uh, as quite a young player for a big fee and a uh, and quite a big fan base as well, somebody like Sunderland, where, you know, they're, they're quite feverish as fans. They, you know, it's, it's yeah. such a big thing up there. So it, does that put on a lot of pressure or do you feel much pressure going there? Um, you Every game you always put a bit of pressure on yourself anyway, personally, just to go out there, obviously nerves and that you want to go and do well, but... It was it was a bit of pressure, yeah, but nothing. No one ever puts more pressure on you than yourself, and um, you just want to go out there and do, you put the pressure on yourself by wanting to go and do well. But even at Morecambe, you put players put pressure on themselves because you want to go and do well for you want to go and win every game, and it's just pressure that you you, you don't feel more. It's just pressure. You just hear the fans more obviously because obviously there's a lot more of them. But <laughs> the way yeah. So. Kind of coming coming out of Sunderland, obviously you've 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 gone on and you've played well with Sunderland as well, but you've played across all four leagues. So I just wonder what your kind of take on what the main differences are kind of between that kind of top Premier League level and League more League Championship League One, League Two. Is it kind of a technical, physical, or, or mental thing, or, or is it something different? Uh, I think Premier League is a lot more uh, tactical and um, obviously different. You've got the foreign players and. But then you'll see that obviously the championship's quite similar now with the big teams down there. And um, I think there's not much difference between League One and Two. The way obviously there's massive teams in League One now, and um, it's good to play against them. And hopefully we get a few few scalps this season. And um, it's just good to play against League One and League Two. Is not much difference because the fo- the style of football is not much. Obviously the big teams have to come to the small grounds, and the small teams have to go to the the big grounds. And it's just the way it is. And you just get sucked into how other teams play and stuff, but I think it's just more tactical the higher you go up. But that's the way, it is. and obviously like, the game's a lot quicker. But that's just the way it is naturally, yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, kind of 
looking at players across all four leagues and kind of going back to what we were speaking about at the start at Man United, obviously there's a lot of kids coming through then and, and I imagine when you first join there, your, your aim is I want to play for Man United. But for, for you and, uh, and the rest of the, the lads there, like, at what point do you start maybe thinking, looking away at other kind of moves and what might be available and where you might kind of settle down to play football elsewhere? Well, when I, when I was there, it was just my whole aim was just play for Man United. That was all I knew growing up. And then you get to reserve level and Warren Joyce was my reserve manager and um, you start seeing lads go out on loan and then you're like, um, you're training the first team every now and then and then you know you just know when it's like right for you to go out on loan. And then I went to Wigan and then got a few games there and then got, Man United got a few injuries and I got recalled and then that's when I made my debut. But And then you just know when, you just know when your time's up at a club or you know when you, you re- your time to go on loan. Players just know this and you, there's no point in getting ahead of yourself. It's just the way it, way it is and that was my aim growing up just to I didn't really think about anything else because it was just like I just want to play for Man United but that's because I was at Man United so it was like if I say if I was at Everton my aim would have been I want to play for Everton so it's like like them lads the other night their aim will be to play for Everton first team and then that's what you work towards Very interesting yeah back over to you Freeze cheers Don No worries So um, we've got an an away game coming up um, to Bristol Rovers uh, and I want to chat a little bit about first of all obviously they had a fantastic end to the season the, the run from January right to the end of the season uh, but obviously I want to talk about their manager because he divides opinions Rod doesn't he? Certainly a colourful character isn't he but I, I mean we've, we've um, the one thing about Saturday we must not take our foot off the gas that is the first uh, thing. Oh, very good, yes. See what you did there. <laughs> See what you did there. You're fooling me, you know. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's, it, that's nearly as bad as last week's, where, where I'll just fill you in on this one, Don. Last week, Rod went, he spent five minutes asking the question, where do you see where do you see Jensen Weir playing? And we all answered it with a serious answer, and he went, well, I just see him as a, a Jensen interceptor. <laughs> Go on, Rod. Don't know what even not one of them is. It's a car. He knows it's a car. No, I know what it is. So, so yeah, I, I mean, he, he's a bit of a Marmite character, isn't he? He is. He is. I mean, obviously, he did a pretty good job at Fleetwood as well, didn't he? he nearly got he the did. playoffs a couple of times. So Yeah, he did. He did. But he's passionate about his job. He, he, he gets bad press from time to time. Does he bring it on himself? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was interesting when... when uh, he was at the uh, he was at the museum and in his mind he was in the tunnel with him. You think what is going on here? Um, you know the safety officer wasn't he wasn't particularly uh, enamoured by all that. But hey, you need characters in football. You know, you Steve Evans is you need characters and uh, uh, fair play to him. And uh, we, there's uh, a couple of our, our old boys who were uh, doing particularly well for them in. Uh... Anthony Evans, who we had on loan from Everton before he went to Germany, uh, and he's come back and done very well for them as a sort of uh, attacking midfielder. And of course, uh, the man who I always say we resurrected his career in Aaron Collins, who again uh, came to us after a disappointing time at Wolves uh, and reinvigorated, um, as Jim Bentley was wont to do at the time with Richie Bennett and other players, come to us, have a really good three months on loan finish the season and then get a contract elsewhere, Joel. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Obviously, that second half of the season when Aaron Collins came, he was very, very impressive. And uh, yeah, we were looking a little bit <laughs> in January when he came in, but then uh, things turned around, and that was you know largely you know that was helped by him quite a lot with a couple of late goals as well initially. And then things got rolling. But yeah, you know they they look like they've recruited relatively well. I remember right, I, I went to see uh, Bristol Rovers at the start of last season, so when they were being quite bad and kind of hovering around the relegation zone. And honestly, I thought they were awful. I thought I, it was actually against uh, Derek's uh, Bradford side. I thought they were absolutely terrible. And I, I just couldn't believe this kind of, this side they've t- they turned into to kind of end the season. No, uh, Bra- uh, they got a last minute equaliser. Yeah, it, it was, it was very jammy. They, they, they really didn't deserve it. Uh, but um, yeah, the point yeah. that got him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that little Brett Pittman header after Jan Songo lost his man. Sorry, Jan, at the back post. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it did surprise me a little bit that they turned it round. But then obviously we've seen what the kind of what's going to gone down the last day against a, a Scunthorpe side who yeah basically just given up. <laughs> Let's be honest, they were they were all over the place. Plus, but uh, yeah. Uh, you know. If we ever get if we ever get Ryan Delaney on, we can ask him. If he can <laughs> oh, yeah, I just I just realised how that doesn't get fed back to. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean that's that was some last goal swing, wasn't it? That <laughs> yeah, we only need yeah exactly. We only need what did they need? Nine. Or was eight or something like that? Yeah. Eight or something, wasn't it? They needed eight, but no, it was seven, and then obviously uh, I think Northampton scored, didn't they? So they needed eight, and it was like oh god. I mean, it was just incredible. But the thing about Bristol Rovers, obviously, um, play at the Memorial Stadium, it's a difficult place to go because obviously it's very, very close to the pitch. And they're quite vociferous there. They're quite, uh, you know, they're quite fervent. They're like, I think Bristol City are the ones who clap and applaud nicely, but Bristol Rovers, they're all a bit, you know, pirates and all that. So it's a difficult place to go, Don. Although I have to say, the, from the first time we went there about 10, 12 seasons ago, the pitch has improved immensely. We should be able to play football on it. Yeah, I, I remember going there. I was Salford last year, and the pitch was really good. Yeah, and, um, we got beat one 0 but um, I remember we, the pitch was really in really good. That was towards the end of the season. The pitch was yeah, in really, it, it really did a lot of work on it. So, so hopefully we can go and um, play well on it. Well, it's it's early days, isn't it? Yeah. And our, our record there is well, it's we've had some good wins there. I remember winning 3-1 once and uh, I think Nick Fenton scored and then I can remember season after somebody getting sent off after 20 minutes and getting a, you know, holding out until five minutes from time and then losing, etc, etc, etc. That's just the way it is with the gas. But um, they've had a, an interesting start to the season. So they've kept it, you know, up and down, up and down. So, you know, <laughs> it's funny because we went into the MK Dons game and Lots of people were saying, well, they're, they're, they're with us near the bottom, but I think we always knew they were in a bit of a false position, don't you, Joel? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I watched them. I didn't think they were in that false position. I thought they were really quite bad, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, obviously, maybe I just caught them on a particularly bad day. But, yeah, like they, you know, they've, they've turned it around in the second half of the season for a reason, so uh, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, just looking at some of the numbers, they... They, they like to move it. it looks like they're kind of I know it's early days but it looks like they kind of like to move it around on the deck it looks like they've been quite clinical as well uh, so yeah maybe that might drop off a little bit hopefully it does today and obviously we're due to took a few more chances away so hopefully we can kind of get that bit of a swing uh, come Saturday there's uh, just uh, 
just just my my tip just let's work on the one-on-ones because we're creating a one-on-one in every game but we haven't bloody scored one yet Don I know we do a few more goals aren't we but um, that'll come with um, confidence and um, obviously we'll hopefully create some more yeah well fingers crossed we've been creating chances that's not been the problem it's been putting the bleeding things away hasn't it so when you when you travel down tomorrow, do you train anywhere on the way or? Uh, well, we'll train in the morning and then travel straight right. after training. Yeah, have lunch and then travel. Right, sound. So obviously, um, obviously Derek will come up with a um, a plan. Yeah. Um, and usually, Derek, as a, as we know, Derek is usually quite specific about how to stop teams, but uh, how to get at them is just like do your own thing, which is quite nice, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it gives you that freedom to go out there and. Um, he does work on how we can get at teams and um, how we can, what we can do to. He'll look at their weaknesses and what we can do to where we can exploit them. But um, like you said, he's very, we've been very solid this year, apart from two games, and um, we should go there and definitely be more, more solid than last week. And I can tell you that. But um, not, I don't even think we weren't were solid, weren't even that solid last weekend. We just conceded silly goals, which we've not been doing. No. And um, I think we'll definitely get try to get back on track this weekend, hundred percent. I mean that that does happen. We've seen it happen to sort of like you know, um, you know, quite a few Premier League teams this season already have had shot results. Yeah. Um, and so it does happen, and yeah. you know there is no panic button to press as yet because of the simple fact is, you use a couple of wins and you you sort of safe mid table. There's no problem, is there? No, I, don't, I said to a few of the boys on the day after the game. Sunderland last year, they went to Bolton, got beat 7-0, and they still went up. And it's just like, it's, it happens in football. You just have days where you're just a bit off it, and then it's just swing. Like We beat Rotherham midweek, and then you go and lose to MK Don. It's just like, we beat a champ team midweek, so why? We had the confidence going to the game. It's just an off day. like. And then it's just, then they happen in football. We just need to go and put things right on Saturday and forget about it. And I think the lads have, everyone's positive, so... Make sure we go and get a good result. I think you've done. That's why we all love it, isn't it? Because if it was so predictable all the time, we wouldn't yeah. be here. It's up and downs with football, isn't it? It's just the way it is, and um, hopefully we have more ups and downs, and um, that's what we want. You're you're only as good as your last game, but you, if you if you had a bad last game, you always look forward to the next one. Yeah, definitely. You want the, if you have a bad game, you want the next one to come even quicker. But um, it's the way forty, isn't it? You can be really the best things inside sliced bread one week and then all the best have bad games. It's just putting them mistakes behind you and going again and forgetting about it. Well, I'm going to come to Rod now. Um, obviously, we know we've issued our congratulations to Ryan. Uh, it gives the, club, um, gives the club a problem, but us being League One now, we'll be you know, a little bit higher profile than we've ever been before in our league career, particularly. So the, the, the quality of candidates should be quite high, Rod, shouldn't it? Yeah, I would think it will be. And I've, I've got to say, just to reinforce, I think Ryan, Ryan's done a, a tremendous job um, with, with Matt alongside as well. I think they've, they've raised the bar um, and it should attract some, you know, quality candidates. And I, I would think it will do. And uh, that, that in itself will make it uh, um, easy to appoint somebody, although harder to pick one. <laughs> well, we've been through this over the past year or two, haven't we? We've... we've um, We've grown the staff base. We've, we've tried to, you know, become more professional as, as we had to do. Um, something had to give somewhere down the line because 
you know, people like McCourt and myself and, and Graham couldn't, we couldn't continue like that. It was, um, and, I, and I think we have improved it massively. Can you just make a point of what Don, Don said before? You know, he said, you know, you play a good game, you know, it's the best thing since sliced bread. I've got to say, if you play a bad game, you're toast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I... I, I, I often wonder what we'd do without you, Rod. I really do. <laughs> and then I realise and think I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David, on a serious point, um, well, two things. You, men you mentioned um, you mentioned Aaron Collins before, but, you know, over the past few seasons, we've had Aaron, we've had Reese Oak, we've had Paul Mullen, um, and, and we've, got, we've got decent, you know, performance out of those guys, and they've all gone on. Um, and and done and done really well. What, what I want to bring up is really the you know we get um, pivoted a little bit because of maybe budget or size of squad or whatever. You are limited with SCMP, which is um, salary cost management protocols in the football league, yeah. um, and and you can only you can only um, spend a percentage of that. Of that uh, on on your playing budget, a percentage of your turnover. So you know we're striving all the time. Um, ben Sadler, Martin Thomas is striving all all the time to improve income and and are doing that. But it, it isn't as simple as people put their hand in their pocket and go and get X, Y, and Z. You've got to remain within those protocols, and uh, it's a very very uh, tough line to follow at times. So I just want to you know to bring that to your attention to people. It's not that we don't want to do certain things, but but we have limitations on what we can do at a certain time. Oh, it's it's an interesting point, Rod. Um, so to just go back and reiterate, we're, we're, there could be one move out, one move in. Are we, I'm going to get cheeky. Uh, are we expecting it to be coal? Is somebody nicking your car, by the way? Whose car? Yours outside, it's going. No, it's one of the daughters departing. All right. Um, um, I couldn't possibly comment, could I, David? Um, you know, with what time is it now? Eight o'clock, half past eight. Um, it, it's not for me to say. I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. Um, well, by the by, the time people listen to this, they'll they'll know who it is anyway. So anyway. yeah, but I don't want you going on Shrimp's voice after this and bloody, you know. No, I never do. I never <laughs> do. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, bro, there's only six people go on there. Yeah, and they moan. Um, <laughs> exactly. So um, I think what all I would say to you is uh, on an, on a, a number of fronts. One is um, the window closing and some movement there, and the other one is uh, there will be a, a very interesting announcement tomorrow um, from the board. Um, and just keep your your eyes peeled or your ears back or whatever you do. I was going to say, if you were going to use the cliche of keep your ear to the ground, you ended up listening to dog muck. So I wouldn't do that. But, <laughs> but there yeah. you go. Anything from the trust, Joel? Uh, not not too much. Obviously, uh, we've got the memorial garden. Kind of that spot's been identified. Obviously, the, yeah. the, the, the trust have met with the club, and, the, and there's been a few things that have been discussed there. Uh, the what we did have a meeting last night. I wasn't able to make it unfortunately, but that was kind of a, a discussion of roles and who's going to be taken on what. So. I think, and obviously nothing's been kind of put into properly into place yet. But yeah, we're looking to put in a few more things. Come on, Rod, sorry. Are you, are you going to say I, I like a cheese roll? I would also say bacon, actually. 
I'm way ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you. Sorry, Joel, Joel's trying to get decent information out to these people listening to this, and me and you are thinking the same crap. So, <laughs> so that, uh, so that's it. Sorry, Joel, to interrupt, but I knew when he put his hand up, he was going to say something facetious. So there you go. No, no, that's about it, really. Yeah, just a kind of divvying up roles. But there's a few new people on the board, obviously, this year. So, yeah, just looking to do different things with that, that's, really. Yeah. That's what we need, a bit of fresh blood. That's great stuff. Well, this has been... Uh, how did we get to episode six so quickly? We're only in the first week in September. It's going so quickly, isn't it? But that is uh, episode six of uh, Shrimpnet. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Donald for coming on. Good luck on uh, uh, in the future. Great, great yeah. that you came on and, uh, and gave us some honest answers. Rod... Uh, effervescent as always uh, we've we've got the sunset behind you and uh, it looks beautiful uh, Joel keep up the good work and all I'll say is as usual I haven't asked for any predictions today because I, I say we're going to come away from the memorial ground with a surprise cheeky away win our first of the season so fingers crossed I'm right thank you for listening this has been Shrimpnet join us again next week thank you thank you